0: Morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor AJ Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together out loud, chapter by chapter, looking at First Samuel chapter 16 today. Here he is. It's David, and it's uh there's lots of reasons why the anointing of David uh, stands out, and it's a really big turn in First Samuel here. Uh, but you know, we're, we're not quite to David and Goliath. I know that's what that's what I'm looking forward to. That's what you're looking forward to. It's too much fun, uh, but we got to set it up first, right? We got to set this up. Uh, and so we're going to have this actual this scene where David, he gets anointed, and you, you forget about this, but at first he really does start off on Saul's good side um, because he is the uh, like court musician or something like this for Saul. So this is, this is interesting because it starts off good, their relationship. Uh, but we got to ask some questions too. You know, in the traditional translation, it says that God sends an evil spirit to Saul. So it's like, what's going on? Is this fair? Um, is God sending evil spirits uh, to Saul and he's just, you know, playing favorites with David? So uh, I think that's maybe one of the common misreadings, but we're going to see. It's not. Uh, it's it's not it's not that. <laughs> Joining us today, we've got uh one of our regular guests. Here so we've got Pastor John Lekumsky from Southern Illinois, though I never it's like Carmen San Diego, I'm not sure where he is. Um but he's also co host on KFUO of Wrestling with the Basics Saturdays nine, 9, 9 o'clock central, isn't that right? Welcome back, yes. brother. Yes,
1: Yep. Uh, and actually, they're going to start broadcasting us on Wednesdays at two as well. I, I don't know. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, management is starting to slip down there. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> we we are still in Minnesota, but it's starting to get cold. It won't be long. We'll be heading back to the warmth oh, of, right. of of uh, St. Louis. Uh, and you're that's you're right. right. God does some strange things in here. Uh, he sends an evil spirit. He tells Samuel to lie. Does that sound like something that God should do? But uh, it, it's a great. This is a great, great chapter because it's just filled with all kinds of practical stuff. So I'm excited to be sharing it with you, hey, AJ.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, well, uh, <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of questions I think that that, that come up as you look at this chapter. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's certainly, uh, just an interesting story in a lot of ways, just, um, how we're, we're, just, we're, I mean, this is another big shift, you know, I mean, this is, you don't think about it this way, but I mean, it's the end of a dynasty here, which is how they would have felt it. Um, and kind of explains why we see, you know, everyone's like shaking in their boots when, when Samuel shows up, you know, so it's like, uh, well, why are they all scared? Uh, so there are lots, lots of good stuff to talk about today, but, uh, and, before we get and, ahead and, of ourselves, and, you would know, you go ahead?
1: Okay, no, I was just going to say, and, and it raises the question: Why did we even have a Saul? <laughs> why? Oh, sure. Why didn't we just start with David? Uh, mm-hmm. And I think, uh, using Luther terminology, I think it's it's because you have to have law, and you have to have gospel, and and Saul in the story kind of rep- represents uh, the the law, uh, and then of course we have the gospel that follows that, which will be represented in David, and of course the one who f- who comes from David, and and there's all kinds of Jesus stuff. And here too, when when you start seeing David show up, you got to remember, oh, this is this is just the beginning. David's not the completion of what God's plan is. He's just laying the groundwork for Jesus Christ. So yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah, there's um, we can get into the the details, but the details will help um, some of the parallels with the the big picture pop out for us. So yeah, uh, let's go ahead then, if you would, start us off with a prayer, John.
1: Oh, Lord, we, we, we hear these stories, and, and it's so easy for us to think, oh, wow, that's old-time stuff, Old Testament stuff. That really doesn't apply to us. So we're going to ask that you would give us your Holy Spirit, that we can see, no, this is our story. Everything that's being talked about here in terms of Saul and David, this all has application to things we're going to be doing even today. So help us to see that, hear that, believe that in Jesus' name. Uh, amen.
0: Amen. All right, so... um, I think we kind of mentioned some of the fun features here in this in this story in First Samuel 16. Uh, I think that the, the chapter does start off with this comment about grieving. We remember in chapter 15, actually, we saw it at the end uh, it said Samuel did not see Saul again until the day of his death, but Samuel grieved over Saul, uh, which, is a, which is a pretty interesting. Uh, comment there that it, it seems like the the previous chapter has signaled a, a big division between Samuel and Saul at this point. But that doesn't mean that Samuel's just you know, grr, I didn't like Saul anyway. I was against the whole Saul idea from the beginning. Um, but but that he is he is grieving, and so that's kind of where the the story is leaving us off. Anything else from the the context we ought to be uh, recalling uh, before we read the chapter through?
1: Well, I, I, as we go through this. Uh, there's constant references back to Saul. And, and so, yeah, you really need to know the story that's taken place because that's the picture. We have a contrast between what happened with Saul and what is now happening with David. But as we go through the story, I think we'll see all of those details.
0: Yeah, I think so. Let's go ahead then and turn to the text. Here's First Samuel chapter 16. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he'll kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And invite Jesse to the sacrifice. And I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Shammah passed by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but behold, he's keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had a beautiful, beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. And Saul's servants said to him, Behold, now a harmful spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful in playing the liar. And when the harmful spirit from God is upon you, he will play it and you will be well. So Saul said to his servants, Provide for me a man who can play well and bring him before me. One of the young men answered, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence, and the Lord is with him. Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me, David, your son, who is with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey laden with bread and a skin of wine and a young goat and sent them by David his son to Saul. And David came to Saul and entered into his service. And Saul loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer and Saul said to Jesse sent to Jesse saying let David remain in my service for he has found favor in my sight and whenever the harmful spirit from God was upon Saul David took the lyre and played it with his hand so Saul was refreshed and was well and the harmful spirit departed from him so uh lots of little things uh, to, to comment on. Um, yesterday, we looked at Psalm 57. Uh, we, we talked about the connections that that text has to the story of David and Saul, um, particularly with the word in there of, of grace or favor, right? And so, you know, David's calling to God for, for grace or favor because uh, Saul is no longer giving it to him. But the thing is, here we see there in, in verse 16, or rather in chapter 16, um verse 22, you know, know, he has it initially. So it's, uh, I think there's a lot of dramatic irony being set up, right? Because like you were mentioning, um, (laughs) there's all these different levels of people don't know what's going on. Saul doesn't know, (laughs) I don't think, that he's been anointed uh, to replace him yet. (laughs) Um, You know, and and there's kind of this this secret again, um, which is not unlike how Saul became king, where there's kind of this secret uh, that we're not letting people in on um, all at once.
1: Well, and yet, on the other hand, Saul does know that he's lost the kingship. That That's already been established. You're right, he doesn't know that David's going to be the guy to replace him. But he understands, he understands his days are numbered. Uh, that's one of the reasons why Samuel is reluctant to travel uh, there to uh, uh, Jesse's home, because he has to travel through Gibeah, which is Saul's territory, to get there. And Saul, of course, would be wondering, hmm, what are you making a trip for? Which then yeah. brings up one of the issues we need to discuss that God says, well, just tell him you're going to make a sacrifice there, which is technically true. <laughs> Although actually it's not telling the whole truth, which is what we've always been told we're supposed to say, right? The whole truth yeah. nothing but the truth. <laughs> uh, um, so, um so I don't know if you want to talk about that issue about God telling yeah. Samuel to lie or <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right that's right no, I, I think I think that's fair because i um I think that's kind of one of our basic questions that we that we end up um having, especially uh reading from a Christian perspective how we, we kind of just naturally approach the scriptures with um, an expectation that this we're gonna we're gonna get some kind of model or example of the way to live the way to speak you know the the ways of god and so when you when you got the prophet behaving this way it does uh, raise a question but I, I think before we before we get to that bit there sure. just about about the grieving though right because that's actually how it starts off you know so he's got this this grieving going on and and even the lord himself um, seems to be grieving um, in, in a sense like kind of that, that's maybe the right way to take um, that the Lord regretted uh, there in in verse thirty five. Not like he was like, ah, I shouldn't have done that. Um, but but it, it, he's he's grieving over it. Um, and so it's interesting then the way he talks to Samuel and says, uh, how how long will you grieve over Saul? I mean, it it seems like it's, he's saying like, okay, it's time to it's time to move on. Or I mean, it's like what what's kind of behind uh, this little um exchange here with just between God yeah. and Samuel?
1: Well, I see. I I think the thing is is. If you're Samuel, you're you're grieving over all kinds of things. You're you're grieving because you know the future is not going to be good. Saul isn't going to just say, oh, that's fine. Here, you can have my crown. So so he knows this is going to be a very, very difficult transition. I think he's grieving over the the failures of Saul because, you know, it's interesting. If you read the story, as much as Samuel realized it was not a good idea to have a king, now this isn't Mm -hmm. the route you want to go. Yet, he really thought Saul was a good guy. We, we, we'll talk about that when we get to how you know who the Lord's anointed is. And, and if you read the scriptures, Samuel thought, well, yeah, this. I think this is... And, and of course, Samuel's going to have to learn the hard way. No, no, you, you judged. You you didn't judge by his heart. You judged by external appearances. You should have known better, Samuel. So uh, um, he's just, there's all kinds of grieving he's going here. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, it reflects our lives because I think a lot of times we look back and, and we grieve too. We we realize that we just didn't do things the way we should. And we also realize things probably aren't going to work out the way we wanted them to. Uh, so grieving actually is a key component. Uh, we call it repentance. And, and mm-hmm. when it is that kind of grieving, when it's not just, oh, we're sad because something bad happened. But we're we're sad because of the sin in the world and the sin around us and the sin in our own lives. That's a that's a good grieving and that's what the Lord is saying to Samuel. Yeah, you have reason to grieve, but let's get on with it now because I've got plans of salvation to bring my people. You can't just yeah. be grieving all the time. That doesn't help.
0: Yeah. Well. So. So. Yeah. So that that's I think, uh, that that's I think maybe a little bit of the shift, right? That there yeah. is definitely a plurality of reason like you were saying why he, there there's grieving right uh but like you were saying he can't just go on like this and that's that's where this is going to flip from um well i mean i i think kind of actually uh going from okay this is good right and salutary you know grief we should express this right is it's it's healthy uh to you're stalling, dude, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's what's behind the question, because, I mean, the command that comes right after it. Right. Because it's a rhetorical question. He's not he's yeah. a- actually asking for for data here. Um, so, I mean, the command is like, go. Right. And Samuel's like, "But how can I? Right. So the question is meant to kind of, you know, kick him in the rear and get him moving. So uh, th- what's interesting is that in the Hebrew, it says, you know, how long will you Uh, go on grieving uh, when I have rejected Saul as king over Israel. So, I mean, uh, that contrast, right? I mean, I kind of feel like it's almost like, okay, okay, Samuel, um, I have moved on from grieving, (laughs) so (laughs) it's time then, right? Like, if if you do, if if, if you're, like, trying to outgrieve God— um, you're just stalling at this point, right? And and I and I, this is just—I mean, this is really interesting how just God enters into this this conversation with him. It feels very much like the conversation um, he would have with Moses, where it's just really intimate um, yep. Yep. And, and involved like this. But I mean, I, I think you, you know, you mentioned how we do these same sorts of things. I think we kind of do this too, actually, that we we outgrieve God or today. I think we like out outrage God, right? Yeah, you know, yep. and, and I and I think that should be like this should be a little bit of a wake up call when we say like hang on a second when when we are like more sad or or, or more angry about something than than God is, that that's not because <laughs> it's not because like God do you really understand how bad the situation is like no it it's because we're <laughs> we're using it as a pretext, aren't we?
1: Well and so so that's the thing. So so when we when we do something wrong, it, it is good for us to grieve. We should be sad. We should be repent. Uh, but but uh, like you said, if we use that as an excuse for not going on and doing what we need to do, no, then that, that grief in itself is a sin. Because God has come and said, look, your sins are forgiven. No, you shouldn't just be sitting over there feeling bad about yourself. You've got things to do. You've got to get up and love and care and, and follow the things that I have laid out for you. Uh, and you can do that because, you know, I'm a God of mercy. I'm a God of love. I'm a God of forgiveness. Uh, and I, I'd like your example, too, about anger. Maybe we do. We get so angry, and then we don't do the basic, fundamental, loving, caring things we need to do because we're so angry about things. And God said, well, right. I was angry about that, too. But again, <laughs> I've got right. I've got I've got to send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. OK, I've got a plan yeah. of salvation. That's where you need to be heading. And that's what he says to us, too. Right. We except we need To go to Jesus, the Bethlehemite. That's where he would send us to in our anger and in our grief.
0: Yeah, you know the the redirection here, right? That you know, and and I think I like the way uh, how you're putting it. That you know, like he knows Samuel, like what's going to happen. I mean, you know, this guy's a a prophet as well as a priest and a a judge. Uh And so, I mean, he 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 knows that you know th- this is this is bad. I mean, and what he says there in verse two, um, what's interesting is that God does not say, you know, oh, ye have little faith, you know, like oh, well, why are you worrying about Saul's not going to kill you? No, he doesn't say that. I mean, I, and I think no. that by God saying like take a heifer with you, he's kind of saying, yeah, he probably would kill you if you <laughs> if you just went. So we better. We better give you some cover. Uh, we need to do this covertly here. So, I mean, I guess the bit about the secrecy thing, but um, but just so kind of uh, seg by way of segue, um, we have here like this, this acknowledgement of, yeah, Samuel, that is how things are going and things are messy. But the, the response should not be that like, oh, well, all is lost. So, I mean, I think for our times, this is especially helpful because, my goodness, with like the the news cycle of the last like forty eight hours, um, I, I think we <laughs> I think we all can sense that some nasty things are going to happen politically here in our country over the next several months. Um, but that should not be cause for us to be uh, I, I I don't know just so just so angry or or so uh, you know stuck in grief or whatever it is that that we would then. Use that as a as a pretense for rejecting the things of God and say, well, that's not practical. Uh, we, how can we follow the things of God when the other side is going to do this, right? And then they're going to yeah. do that. We, we we can't. We couldn't possibly behave like godly people uh, when when they're doing this. I I think it really speaks to our context.
1: So so that's and AJC. That's what's beautiful about this. Chapter and all the chapters really in scripture because there is a, a, a sect of Christianity that would say, Oh, you know, if you're if you have enough faith, you won't have any problems, everything will work out just the way you want it. That's what it's all about. And of course, the scripture, as you said, God, as you said, never says that. God says, Oh my goodness, you just won't believe the problems that are out there. And who's to say that they won't get worse? But on the other hand, <laughs> you yeah. have my grace, you have my forgiveness, you have my promise of my presence with you, and somehow, and you won't believe it all the time but somehow i'm gonna make it all work together for good so you're right get off your duff there are things you need to do yeah. and in your case sam yeah. you need to get up and you got somebody you need to anoint anoint down there yes. in, in bethlehem yeah so,
0: so so then okay so he gives him the command um you know do, do this and 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 he acknowledges samuel's objection yeah, he probably would kill you. So this is what we're gonna have you do, um, and, and and like like you were saying, uh, yeah, indeed. Um, I, I mean, he's he's gonna tell like you know the people when he shows up. Hey guys, I'm just you know here here do some sacrificing, right? Um, you know, like oh okay, that's that's cool, that's cool. Um, so right, the, so is it a problem that he's not telling? Uh, the whole truth, like you were saying, yeah. kind of, uh, you know, the, the allusion to like the kind of the courtroom, you know, do you swear solemnly to tell the truth, nothing but the truth, the whole truth? I mean, like all those things, right? You know, in the, in the case of uh, uh, serving as a witness, right? So yep. anyway, so yep. yeah. So what, what, is, what is up with this? Is this okay? Is it problematic? What do you think?
1: Okay. So, so for some people, it's going to be problematic. But but it wasn't a problem for Augustine, and it's not a problem for me, <laughs> okay? Yeah. Be, because the commandment is, thou shalt not bear false witness. Get out your catechism, read what that means, and it means that you handle the truth in such a way that your neighbor is provided for and taken care of. So if lying is what is necessary to keep your neighbor from being harmed, well, that's not a sin. I'm sorry. You may not like it. And the problem is, of course, A.J., we do lie all the time, but it's to protect us. <laughs> We're right. not really concerned about the neighbor. We're concerned about the consequences to us. But, I, you know, this might make some of our listeners uncomfortable, but I I, I think it's pretty much through the church fathers as well. If if the purpose of the lie is to protect the neighbor from harm, then that's not a sin that's actually what you have to do, so if I'm hiding yeah. a Jew up in my attic so the Nazis won't come and kill them, I can make up any stories I want <laughs> about the noises well, that are going on above my head yes,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, no, so that's that, that that's 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 fair um i i think it does kind of get to the question um uh, on, on a more like fundamental level of what what even is is a lie right because yes. i mean I, I guess because i i mean at least the way that that I, I think about these words like i wouldn't say that what he's doing is is a lie because like nothing he has stated is like um i mean like a falsehood right like i mean he says you know uh when he when he shows up uh so skipping down um you know peaceably i have come to sacrifice to the lord um he has come peaceably um and he has come to sacrifice to the lord so like, i mean nothing that he's saying it's like i can like look at that and be like no that's a false statement cross that out um, but like you were saying, he is, he is omitting things and, um, you know, and, and that, that, that is interesting because there, there's a question, I guess, about the expectation of omission. And, 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 and for me, I do think there's an important difference about what Samuel, man of God, prophet, priest, judge, right. Is expected to say, uh, versus you or me, you know, John, if, if we're called to, to be a witness in a court case and we got to swear to do this right there's different kinds of expectations i don't think there's always the same expectations so it makes me you know maybe some interesting ethical questions there but time for our break so i'll we'll have to kind of chew on that everybody we're looking at first samuel chapter 16 on thy strong word and we'll be right back Hi, this is Pastor Apple of Sharper Iron on KFUO. On September 14th, we start the section of Proverbs filled with short pieces of wisdom for which the book is famous. An hour isn't enough time to go into each proverb in great detail, but I don't want you to miss something you really want to hear. Let me know what proverb you want to know more about by calling the listener comment line at 314-996-1542 or send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org. As the list comes together, I'll share short bonus podcasts to help you sharpen your faith in Christ. You'll find them on kfuo.org Or wherever you get your podcasts. You hear our voices every day as we speak the gospel, share the latest news, or for insightful and sometimes entertaining talk. Why not share your voice with us and send us your feedback, suggestions, and questions? Leave your comment at 314-996-1542. Be sure to follow us on social media too, so you can like, comment, and share your favorite posts. Drop an email to KFUO at KFUO.org or send a snail mail letter to Worldwide KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri,
2: 63122.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at 1 Samuel chapter 16. Uh, David coming into the service of Saul, but before that, uh, we we have a covert mission that Samuel's been sent on here. He needs to uh, stop trying to outgrieve God here and just do what he's told. And, um, yeah, it kind of feels like maybe this is almost like a little bit of a military covert operation here. Um, do, do the rules of war apply? So looking at some ethical stuff here. Uh, can you leave stuff out? Um, or is it expected that you will, you know, actually kind of be forthcoming? Um, well, so good questions here. We're talking about uh, join, joining us today, Pastor John Lekumski, um who's hanging up in, in Minnesota, but not for uh, too much longer, uh, co-host of Wrestling with the Basics, uh, 9 o'clock Central Time on Saturdays in the morning, and then also, I think, brother, you said t- 2 p.m. now on Wednesdays?
1: That's, that's what they tell me. <laughs> that's what so, they
0: <laughs> yeah. so so the, so that, right. there it's we just got it's even easier
1: you can't talk about saturday morning anymore they said
0: <laughs> oh okay can't talk about that okay well i i'll just i'll well, just no, drop no, it no you know See, what i'm saying when well, we're doing
1: the show we can't reference like we're doing it because we might oh i gotcha i gotcha. Saturday. so no references and to like being in your pajamas and eating Sunday. cereal and yeah, stuff there, there you right. Right. okay that's right
0: gotcha okay gotcha gotcha
1: i just want to say one quick well now is that lying though uh,
0: well, <laughs> see, oh.
1: see to, to me if you're wrestling with that issue if you're the, the issue always is hurt and harm the neighbor and, and i know it could be argued well you know technically samuel really didn't say a lie everything he said was true he just didn't say everything but you know man i've used that excuse to cover my lies any number of times so i'm, oh, thinking, sure, I'm yeah, not too I comfortable it. with that logic but well, I think not no. is this the yeah. hurt or harm of the neighbor? That's probably the question. I, I uh, think and you're right. it goes to your courtroom thing. It goes to your courtroom yeah. thing, because you got me thinking about that. So when you go in the courtroom, you have to tell the whole truth. But you tell yes. the whole truth because you are concerned about the neighbor. That's why you're—because t- if, if he's done something wrong, he needs to be punished. That's a good thing for him. He shouldn't get off of that, yeah. see? So you don't do well, that— and and anger, but you do that in love even. So, yeah.
0: So, so I think, I think you're right that, that it, the needs and the needs of the neighbor, um, we need to consider that. And that's kind of, uh, maybe in some ways ultimate, but, but also like duties and obligations, I I think are part of that. Um, and, and, and I think that, Kind of Paul talks this way too, you know, uh, you know, pay taxes to whom taxes are owed, give respect to whom respect is owed. So part of the question also is asking, like, what do I owe this person? And I think that actually yes. part of that is how much information do I owe them? Uh, because you I mean, and, we can, and we can there's lots of ways we can talk about this, but um, we can talk about how actually. Uh, you know it's not good and healthy necessarily for a leader to stop and explain everything that he's thinking about right to the people he's leading um it it could be like very problematic i mean like part of the burden of leadership is that you're like kind of wrestling with stuff and bearing things in mind kind of on behalf of everyone else so everyone else can go about their day and get uh, get other things done and they can like sleep at night Uh, and you're the one who's gonna like weigh those heavy things so there are differences i think with obligations in terms of um Information, but um, getting to that in just a second, I just want to make sure you know, we are kind of getting into some interesting questions, but I want to make sure that we have time for everybody else's questions. Everybody, if you're listening live, 1 800 730 2727, if you want to call with a comment or question, or if you're in St. Louis, 314 821 0850, you can also send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org. Had some questions uh, come in about evil spirits, uh, particularly. Um, hang on a second. Does God use evil spirits to discipline people? Does he do that today? Is Is David then uh, performing an exorcism? So those are some, some good questions we'll take a look at when we get there. We do have to get there, I guess, right? <laughs> uh, also, you can join the live stream, facebook.com slash AJ Espinosa. Um, some questions there uh talking about, okay, hang on a second. What does it mean that he was... Uh, anointed in the midst of his brothers was like everybody there in Bethlehem or was it just a private thing? And so only David's family knows. So kind of about the, the how wide is this, this kind of circle secret uh, here? Uh, Yeah. So some, some good questions here uh, that we'll want to take a look at to be sure. Also want to thank our underwriters at the Lutheran heritage foundation, LHF missions.org. Thank you guys for underwriting thy strong word. Um, So, so So what I was saying about obligations, I I think that one of the instructive things in the catechism, Luther in the small catechism says, don't swear. Don't do it. Don't just don't do it. Uh, In the large catechism, he says, well, you know, if you need to do it for the sake of neighbor and it's like because you're being called upon to like testify, well, okay, yeah. Uh, so go ahead. So I, I think that that's it's instructive because um, there, there is a difference both in terms of need. Right. And, and like you were saying, it, like justice needs to happen. Um, but on the other hand, too, when you're given this charge as someone who's called upon as a witness, you have an obligation now to actually be, I, I think, more forthcoming than you would normally be. In fact, you might be asked questions. Right. Um, about things that normally you really ought to keep to yourself. Um, You know, Luther actually says, you know, for instance, in the catechism, like, if you know bad stuff about your neighbor, like, you don't tell people that stuff. You don't air their dirty laundry. He says, actually, you know, like, part of what it means to cover, uh, what it means to to love each other is to cover over those sins, not in the sense of, like, lying for each other, but in the sense of, I'm not just going to volunteer that information and make people look bad. So I, I think, actually, Luther demonstrates that there are different kinds of obligations uh, about how forthcoming you need to be, um, and, I, and I think that here um, in the case of uh, you know Samuel, who's you know a prophet, priest, judge, he, I don't think he owes the, the people like a full explanation of everything that God is up to. Um, so I mean, I mean, like I, I think actually on both in terms of need and in terms of obligation, I think he's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. It's it, it can get into tricky territory, and, and we we very easily fool ourselves. I think justifying these things to ourselves, um, but I, I do think that you know together as as God's people we can wrestle with this stuff. And I think that really there's a lot to be said for discretion. And I I, I don't think that just saying like, well, it's it's honest, it's the truth, so I said it. No, I, I think no. we actually owe people. Discretion is much, uh, and, and maybe more so, than, than we owe um, candor. So I don't know. Th- thoughts on that really quick.
1: Well, well so, so the, the principle is secret sins should be kept secret. And, and, and that, of course, like you said, that's just basic uh, catechism, uh, scriptural teaching— uh, it's not our job to tell everybody the the terrible things our neighbor is doing, but then again, as you said, when you're called into court, then of course, yeah, we do have to tell the whole truth at that. And, yeah. and, and, but what we need to understand is that's because of love. See, that's the problem. Yeah. I, I think we think, oh, it's loving when we're hiding these things. Oh, but when we have to go into court and tell, well, that's something different. That's law. But no, it, it's also the love for the neighbor. Because if someone has done something wrong out of concern for the people they've wronged and out of concern for them that they don't continue to do this wrong, of course, then we have to come forth and, and, and say the whole truth. But but you're right. See, it it's it's it depends on the situation. It depends on what role we're playing um and and i want to emphasize again that that's the problem though because we are really good at as you said at justifying what what truth we're telling whether we tell it all or tell a portion of it we're really good at saying oh well this is the right thing to do which is why probably in principle it's good not to lie at all <laughs> but but it's yeah. also also good to ask the question how will this Will this bring hurt or harm to my neighbor? And, and that's, 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 that's right. the issue. There's not some abstract principle that you shouldn't lie. In fact, I like what you said before, AJ. It's not a lie, is it? If you're saying something and it's really, truly an intent of protecting and caring for them, then that's not a lie. A lie is yeah. when you say something that has the intent to bring harm to people. Well.
0: So, I, I think um, that you you really hit the nail on the head. Uh, ultimately, whether you know we can talk, we can talk about you know what do we owe people, which is a, it's a yeah. fair question. We can talk about you know um, you know uh, well, how how can we uh, help people? Uh, ultimately, the, the word that we need to focus on is is love. And, and Paul yeah. does the same thing in Romans thirteen. You know, where he says, uh, I mentioned that earlier, you know, uh, pay to all what's owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. And so we have obligations, including obligations to, you know, discretion or to candor. But then he says in verse eight, owe no one anything except to love each other. So, so ultimately, love is uh, the, the, the chief obligation uh, that we have. So, I mean, it, it really does uh, direct all the other questions.
1: And A.J., if you've ever been in a position of leadership, and I know you have, the most loving thing you can do to a leader is to be obedient to him, isn't it? Yeah. That's the most loving. That's all a leader wants is you to do what he's asked you to do. So I can't think of a more loving way to respond to our leaders than to honor and obey them. Yeah, it's simple as that.
0: Amen. All right. So uh, we, ha- we have a question on the phone here from James. Good morning, James. Uh, how are you? What what's What are you thinking about today?
2: Well, this particular chapter and I'd like to first say hi to both of you guys, uh yeah, because hi. when you hi, talked about when you talked about the lion aspect, that kind of bothered me as well as some other issues in the chapter. Yeah. Like uh uh Samuel being afraid of Saul when he just a few chapters earlier was able to call down lightning and fire. Why is he afraid now. And this thing about the evil spirit, it really mm-hmm. kind of troubled me. So I'm going to ask yeah. these questions, and I'm going to parse them out between the venerable B and yourself. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, Pastor, uh, good Pastor Lakomsky, I'd like to know, does the harmful spirit from the Lord mean that God is using evil to discipline Saul? And the second question is, does God use evil spirits to discipline believers today? And I, Brother you know AJ, what? for you... Okay. i like to ask Brother AJ's questions. For yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Go ahead. And sure, go I, ahead, James. I'll yeah, hang up ahead. and listen. For, for you, Brother AJ, i like to uh, know, is David performing an exorcism with his music? Sure. And And I want you to use your knowledge of wordplay and things and help us uh, this is one of the first times that our study group has gotten back together. Oh, great. Uh, is the word is the word cunning synonymous with the word crafty and therefore uh-huh. is David in league is David in league with craftiness if he's described as cunning in this chapter? And and I'll hang up and listen and thank you guys. You really yeah. helped me and us with this chapter because I struggled with a lot of it with the mind and the, you know the, the uh, yeah. evil spirit thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, James. God bless you, brother. And um, yeah, God bless. I I I really appreciate that you are you know wrestling with this stuff and and it's not because it's a, just an academic theoretical thing, but because you are um, seeking. God's will and, and trying to apply it to your life and I really do appreciate um, the way that that you just uh, you, you do that and you let us uh, help you and to walk alongside you so uh, yeah some good some real good questions um, breaking it down into those um, two parts there I, I if you don't mind John I might just go ahead and jump in with like the the kind of what did the words mean question because I kind of feel like that that's kind of in some ways the kind of the first thing you got to start with, like we got to make sure, okay, do do we know what the thing means? And and then we can kind of try to like move into sort of like application sorts of things. Um, Sure. Sure. So, so in, in chapter 16, and I think I've mentioned this before actually. um, But so this is, this is actually a helpful change here. So the ESV did an update between 2001 and 2007 um, where they changed this from evil spirit, which is what the KJV, the King James version has Um, to what it says now harmful spirit all right and this was uh, a good change because the thing was when the king james version which i remember several hundred years ago was was written the word evil meant uh unpleasant uh it meant uh i mean mean, honestly one of the most common usages was something that uh, had a terrible odor like oh what a, what an what an evil stench right and that that was actually how you would use the word evil, um so to to be uh, kind of like you think about like the, the evil eye the stink eye right there's actually like kind of yes. like links like that still in our language so you, you don't want to like overread evil and, and say that evil is um you, you know well therefore it's like you know he's sending demons uh, kind of similarly then when you describe a spirit as as being this way um i think it kind of means like a not to downplay this too much but kind of like a bad mood uh i mean i mean like which is to say like he's i don't know if that's like depression or um you, you know but but it's basically like you know like this really he's he's in this this funk he's in this um he can't get his head uh in the right place you know he, he's bothered right so i i think that in that sense this does kind of uh well i i i'm that'd be stealing your thunder so i'll'll let, let you d- deal with applying that <laughs> but but then in terms of the uh the other word that that James was asking about um cunning so i th- I think I need to pull up the King James version to see the word cunning because I don't think that we actually have that in the English standard version that we just read so if i if I pull up the King James version let me see if I can find the word cunning there i think it uh. T- 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 there it is. So, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Verse 16. Let our Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on a harp. Yeah, see, so so that is actually just, and, and this uh, update happened a long time ago with the revised standard version. Some day we'll set to have a whole conversation about translations. <laughs> but cunning just uh, used to mean just have skill. And so a, a cunning person oh, is not necessarily like a deceitful person, right? Like we kind of... Uh, think of it today, but somebody who's just, who's, who's smart, who's wise, who has uh, skill with something. Um, and, and in that regard, um, it is probably worth noting that actually uh, the Hebrew words for, for these ideas are pretty flexible in scripture. So you've got, even in the, among the Proverbs, like some cases where those words, um, mean, uh, yeah, it's like, it's good to be wise. It's good to have knowledge, right? God, God, you know, gives that. But then also, like, yeah, people who are, you know, like wise and skillful and cunning, right? See, like people who are trying to be clever, right? So, um, it, it's actually, I think, pretty flexible, um, in the Hebrew, uh, but I think, I think here clearly, it's uh, just looking for someone with skill. Um, so I don't think there's actually anything to suggest that David's, like, you know, being a crafty dude in the in the negative. Sense So, okay, that's that's the language stuff. I took way too much time. John, I'm sorry. Uh, please uh, apply this if you can.
1: Well, so, so I, I, I just want to confirm what you said. So the word harmful there, harmful spirit, right away, if you say evil spirit, you're thinking devil or what have you. Yeah, uh, right. But I, I noted that actually the word harmful can simply mean sad. Uh, Proverbs yeah. 25 says, whoever sings songs to a heavy heart, and it's the same word there that's uh, translated yeah harmful here. So, so yeah. Uh, now, now, here's the two things, though. First of all, let us not conclude from that that God doesn't use evil spirits. He uses evil <sighs> spirits all the time. Read the story of sure. Jesus' death, and the devil's here, and the devil's there, and the devil's doing this, and the devil's sifting Peter. And yeah, all along, no, of shame. course, it's God using him to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. And that's what yep. you got to love about the devil. He is so stupid. <laughs> he thinks he's in control. And he's nothing more than an instrument for the Lord to bring salvation to all men. Uh, and that, of course, is the second problem here. Even if we don't want to think in terms of evil spirits, it's still God who's sending the sadness. But it's the same thing. Whatever God is doing here, he is still grieving. We talked about that earlier. But he's still grieving because Saul is unrepentant. And Saul, man, I want to do something to show you that it's in you. It's your sin. That's the problem here. I love you. I chose you. I want you to be my man. But you're the one that's wandered away, and so you have to see it from again the love of the neighbor. If if God is allowing him to have this spirit of sadness, uh, depression, or whatever it is, in, in this particular case, now I don't want to go run down that route. That every time you got depression, that's God making you mm-hmm. depressed. No, but but certainly in this case, God is trying to get Saul to to wake up and recognize that everything that's happening is because of what Saul's doing, not because of what God's doing or what God wants. So uh, yeah, does that no, I, answer I, I, the question fairly? You
0: think? I, I I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I think that's a, it's, a, it's a good bold answer that you know. Well, maybe he's not talking about evil spirits here, but he does use that because I mean, ultimately, God uses everything. Right, all yes. things yeah. work together for for the good of uh, those who love God and are called according to his purpose, right? So, I mean, like, that, that idea that, yeah, like you were saying, even Satan, is, like, is is used in, in a sense, because it's like, at the end of the day, you can you can try not to serve God, but there's kind of no helping it.
1: And and so, even in the case of Saul, boy, I'm glad you, you, you went down that avenue, because even in the case of Saul, even this God is using, see? He, yeah. He's using it for you and me to, to realize, we don't want to run the road of Saul. We, we want to run like David— and it's not that one's a sinner and the other isn't. See, that's what's cool. It's not. Oh well, yeah, Saul's a sinner. We don't. Want no, they're both sinners, but but Saul won't repent. He he won't turn away from his sin. And of course, David, the very first thing David does is he he repents when he's confronted with his sin. See, uh, um, yeah. Well, anyway, we got more text we got to talk about here, AJ. Yeah, we, we, <laughs>
0: we do we do. Um, I, I think the, the last thing I want to like comment about briefly about this whole spirit thing. Um, so. Yeah. It says there that um, the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, which um, is actually a kind of a, a strong translation, um, and it can kind of make it sound like, okay, so Saul is just an apostate. Or I mean, I think that's kind of actually part of the reason why we kind of go down that path thinking that we're talking about like an evil spirit possessing him, right? We think yes, of like all those yeah. movies with like, you know, Anthony Hopkins or something. And it's like, you know, like he's left a state of grace, the spirit of God's not in him. So now an evil spirit can come. Right. Um, and, and I think that too would be over reading it because uh, like we were saying before um, in connection to uh, what, like when, when it says like the spirit rushed upon Saul, because it happened multiple times, right? Uh, the, the, the idea is, is really kind of like this, this, um, this kind of moment of inspiration, or like a word, or a message, or a boldness, right? I mean, the the, the kind of way that Samuel described it, you know, he'll give you a different heart, you'll be a changed man, right? So, so God, you know, he kind of sends these these moments, right, um, to to just enable us to do powerful things, right? But that, that's not a, you know, I don't, I mean. You know, I think John, you can relate. You don't necessarily wake up every morning and feel that. Like, it's like, you know, sometimes there you, you do have those moments where it's like, wow, like I got a word from God. And it's like, I've got this energy and I don't even know where this is coming from because I haven't slept for like, you know, like three days. Right. But, but sometimes it's just like, no, nah, not that's not happening. So I, I don't think that you need to read this as he's apostate and he's, and he's going to hell and, and, and all the rest of it. Um, I, I think that the, the point, Is that you know Saul? He does not have like this kind of this this courage and this this even-mindedness that God was equipping him with, because uh, I think the corollary of what you were saying, John, is that. All the good things in our life are not from nature, but they're ultimately from God. And so you, you, there is no well, I just naturally have a good disposition, or I just I just naturally you know am strong or intelligent. It's like all those are gifts from God too. Um, so I think that all the spirit stuff, whether it's like with Saul or with David, the point is it's kind of like these special uh, gifts or or these um these uh, uh spe- like these uh well yeah special difficulties. That God is uh, working in their lives for His purposes
1: and and, and uh, see that's the point uh, so so in fact, Samuel says at the very beginning that the spirit of the Lord uh, will, will come upon Saul, but but the thing is is Saul doesn't want the Spirit of the Lord. In fact, earlier in in this book, when Samuel comes to check on Saul, uh, the scriptures say that Saul had built a monument to himself. yeah, see. Yeah, he put the focus on him and on what he was doing and his works. And, and, and then, then, yeah, the Spirit of the Lord really can't do much for us when we think it's all about us and all about what we're doing. Uh, and it is, it is interesting. You brought that up. I, I checked it out. The text never says that the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon Saul. It does say at one point when he's going to go to battle, what is it against the Ammonites, that the Spirit of God rushed him, But I do think there's a difference there. I think for Saul, it was always about his works, about what he's doing. And sad to say, that's what it was for Samuel, too. Remember what Samuel said about Saul? Oh, look at him. He's going to be prince over the people of Israel. He's so big and tall and handsome. Uh, and in fact, I think that's part of this story, too. God saying, you know, Samuel, you really didn't have the right heart in what was going on there mm. either. You really didn't know what you were looking for. I mean, he was a guy I chose, no doubt, but neither one of you understood. But now you're going to understand in David, uh, yeah. this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the person who puts their faith in me. That's, and oh, yeah. I'm not looking for it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make yeah. for myself a king, who, and I'm going to put my faith in him. Yeah um so. it, it,
0: it's interesting i i admit that I, I did not actually notice that that in in the earlier chapters it was it did say the spirit the spirit of god rushed upon saul yeah. and here it's the spirit of the lord uh off the top of my head i'm i'm not um totally positive why we have that kind of difference i i don't and, and the thing is like it really could just be you know a, a difference of uh, yeah, I mean, you just, it's just kind of like Lord kind of comes out more naturally in this context and God in the other one, right? Because, yeah. you know, in this context, we've been talking about the Lord, right? The Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said. Um, but I, I think that the, I don't know if I'd want to go back and read all of that so negatively with Saul, but I think there is definitely this moment here in verse 13, right? Where it says the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David and it says, you know, from that day forward. Uh, I, I think the idea is it's like, hey, um, God's not going to give this special courage and insight and wisdom and all, all this stuff. He's not. He's not like giving all that kind of kingly, uh, you know, energy to Saul right now. No, it, he's it's just switched over to David. David's the one who's going to start looking like a king, uh, unless Saul. Uh, really quick, then the the last couple questions we got on Facebook here. So, okay, back back to this uh, secret. So one of the little questions was. How many people actually know about this? Uh, Because I I guess Jesse and his brothers, uh, David's brothers, know um, that he's been anointed. But does anyone else know? So this is kind of earlier. It's going back a little bit.
1: Well, it it does say uh, the elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, you come peaceably, and he invites them to consecrate themselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons. So it would appear that at least we have the elders of the city present. But I would think that would be the group, the elders, the ones responsible, and then, of course, Jesse and his sons. So you've got to have two or three witnesses. You can't have just Jesse saying, oh, yeah, one of my sons has been anointed king. You've got to have some people outside <laughs> the family to verify that as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That, I, I think, I, I mean, yeah. again, you can't be sure, but that's the impression. you get. You got the elders, you got Jesse, and you got Samuel, and you got the anointing. And of course the key yeah, is that Samuel, I, I think, Samuel still doesn't understand who he's supposed to be looking for because he sees Eliab and says, Oh well, this guy surely is the Lord's anointed because he's he's tall again, you know, he looks handsome just like uh uh Saul did. Although I want to point out too real quick, you know, David's handsome too. So being handsome doesn't mean God doesn't want you. <laughs> it
0: yeah, just isn't the reason that's not, why. That's he right. Wants that's you. right. They're they're both <laughs> You know, that, that is interesting. Right. That like as much as there is yeah. this like, hey, well, don't go like and you know, compare them. Right. Don't be external. Yeah. I mean, like he still picks someone good looking in the end. Um, well, I mean, which is just interesting, because I, I think that the comments about, you know, don't look at um, him is like, don't compare them, which I think is. Uh, yeah. well, I mean, I actually just heard a sermon this Sunday about that, 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 that I think the, the kind of competitive comparing that we're just so inclined to do right like that, that's not what yes. God's up to right like it, it's not it's not about like well okay well, oh, well he, he's you know the strongest and the cleverest so he has to be the leader it's like well a- actually you know God has other ideas uh, and, and like you were saying uh, what we do because we love God is, is, is we humbly obey even when we can't see it um, and I think that's a little bit of the point so uh, thank you so much brother really you, good conversation today looking forward to having you on again real soon Everybody, as Pastor John Lekomsky, uh joining us today, uh, one of the co hosts of Wrestling with the Basics. Uh, Give me on Wednesdays now. till next time, I'm Pastor AJ Espinosa.
2: Peace. Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting thy strong word.